I want me some glory hope. Hello, welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank Asian every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Cephas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right, Bo Cephas. Woo, here we go. Episode 80. And, buddy, if you remember the last time, that I tried to drink our way to a 5-0 and on this podcast. Well, we came up a little short that week. We went 4-1. and uh, Had a hell of a time on the podcast, though. I just, I mean, I fucking loved it. And it is time to recreate some of that magic. I've got two in me already. I've got three sitting up here on the on the bar. And, uh, look, we need this 5-0. and We need it more than a hooker needs penicillin. And, of course... <laughs> <laughs> and of course, by hooker, I obviously mean me after a trip to Vegas. Um, so that's that's unfortunate that I had to tell everybody that, but that's the way this rolls. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and sign up for those premium picks. Get those free picks and learn those betting strategies so that you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) Both Cephas will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the red! Now, finally, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got all five TVs going, we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now, it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show, my friend, tell the people all about your horrible fucking disgusting cowboy choice of the week 
Well, thank you very much there, sir. And tonight I am drinking a Yule Shoot Your Eye Out. A little play That's on words there beer. for Carbach. That's not a real beer. Yeah, from Carbach Brewery in Houston. Houston with an H, Texas. It is a very good beer. Houston. Three out of five stars. And as we march on to the real story of Christmas, the Yule Log is a tradition that has been sung about and shared for as long as Christmas has been invented. And with all, and I literally mean all, Christmas uh, traditions, Mm -hmm. it was stolen from the pagans like all the rest of them. The Yule Log burning goes all the way back to medieval times to the Nordic people. Yule was their name for the Winter Solstice Festival, which, again... Before sweet, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, almost Swiss-looking Jesus was born, was the reason why people gathered on December 25th all around the world. And the Yule Log was originally the entire tree, which the Nordics would chop off the biggest part of that, which was the stump, and burn it first while leaving the rest in the, of the tree in the corner to stand in the house. Does it sound familiar yet? Until all the tree no. was burned during the 12 days of Yule. Again, does any of this no. sound familiar? And Lorne, no. just another example of what we in Western civilization have stolen and made into several traditions, not really to honor a deity that we picture as to be as white as the driven snow, but who is actually very Middle Eastern looking. Uh mm. Like, you know, Middle Eastern, like he, he could be telling me my slurpee costs like 217 Not that guy, right? But wow. to also perpetuate the ridiculous retail sensation that was once a true celebration of family, togetherness, and communal love, but now is a sick rat race over overpriced shit given to spoiled-ass fucking kids who will <sighs> never know Jesus wasn't really born on December 25th, nor will they fucking care. God bless us one and all. Yeah, uh, I don't know what kind of um, I don't know what kind of paganism history book you have been reading. I don't I don't like it. I reject everything you just said. Uh, it's no wonder that we can't win a fucking college game when we bet Notre Dame, Baylor, uh, any of the Christians, TCU doesn't matter. We can't win any of those, and I'm starting to. I'm starting to see why, and so is the rest of the fucking world. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, with that, we are going to get into the podcast. We're going to give you free picks. We're going to go over the good, the bad, the are you fucking kidding me? And we're giving you every, and I mean every goddamn win in the NFL coming in the air tonight. But right now, baby, it is time to get you paid just like we did last week and like we've been doing every week with the college free pick of the week. And this week, that pick is going to be those Coastal Carolina Chanteliers, one of my favorite teams, Longhorn in all of college football. They are minus three versus you, La La. Another one of my favorite teams. A couple notes in this game. These these two teams have already played once. And going into that game, Coastal Carolina was nine and a half point dog, Longhorn. Oh, how times have changed. Hmm. They it, they did win the game by three. It was very competitive, but these two teams have went in two different ways since then. Not not record wise, the Chanteliers are undefeated. Uh, U Laws only loss was to Coastal Carolina. They are a very good football team. However, against the spread, Coastal Carolina's eight and two ATS with a margin of victory of eighteen points and a cumulative ATS of fourteen points. 
That's against all common opponents for you, La La, except BYU. And on the other side of that, you, La La, is 5-5 five and five on the year ATS with a cumulative ATS of just two points. But the biggest difference to me and to us in this game is the accuracy of our power rankings. We thought the Coastal Carolina should have been a nine or ten and a half point dog versus BYU. It went at nine. That's only a point and a half difference. Not much delta. That wasn't a play, but it does let us know our power rankings are very accurate on this. And in this game, our power rankings say Coastal Carolina should be an eight and a half point favorite. That is five and a half points worth of value and the delta. You get the more efficient team. You get the more dominant team ATS. And you get the team that seems to be on a destiny trip to bust in and make those motherfuckers put them in the goddamn New Year's Six Bowl. Go Chanteliers, baby. I only have one question, bro, Steve. Is, is Coastal Carolina a Christian school? No. They are very pagans. Very pagans well, with Chanteliers. Go Coastal! <laughs> All right, boys and girls, now that we got you paid, we got to get paid to do that. We got to go to this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Bet Any Sports.eu. I said Bet Hey! Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports, like the name suggests, they got poker. They got full casino games. They advertise reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations. They have same day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People. Go to betanysports.eu and put in code word glory hole. You get back a 35% discount or 35% bonus. What does that mean? If you deposit $1,000, you get back 1350 You take their free money on top of our picks. You're winning money on top of money on top of fucking money, baby. It's betanysports.eu code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu code word glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just Fucking great! That's just fucking great! The bad. This is bad? This is bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright, boys and girls, and as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby! Six and three in college, picked up another unit overall, talked to a buddy in Vegas, Longhorn, and uh, you know this guy too, he said that the books are having their very best year in a decade, and boys and girls, that's not just off the public, it's off the sharps too, we are the only sharps that are fucking winning right now, and we're doing it because we're that goddamn good. Yeah, it's been a, man, I mean, it's been a struggle this year. It's been, you know, something that it's a first for all of us. It's first for Sharps. It's a first for the public. Uh, a lot of learning that, that, that went on this year and trying to sharpen as we go. But overall, you know, we've, we've made the best of it. And, you know, it's not over. We, we're still we're still chugging along. Now we're going to move on to the bad. We tell of ourselves, and the bad was my Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Longhorn, we had them plus seven and a half. They never even showed up to play. Their defense just mailed it fucking in. Uh, I wish I could have had the audio, though, of the crowd. I was actually watching that game, as sad as that is. It was greatness, because, you know, there's barely anybody there, but there was one drunk asshole. You could hear him going, We don't want to see this asshole no more. Where's the stash? Put in the stash. 
we want oh the stash. God. And he got a cheer going, and you heard the crowd going, we want the stash. We want the stash. Of course and by God, did. they finally got the stash. And he did score a touchdown, but it was way too little, way too fucking late. But God damn, that was just a terrible effort by Jacksonville. Yeah, it's just whatever, you know, like it's that's the way it goes. You know, if you take a big dog and, and they don't show, it's going to get ugly. And that's just and it's the way it goes sometimes. All right, we're going to move on to the are you fucking kidding me? And this week, that award goes to Captain Dan Bailey. Uh-oh. So we had Minnesota plus six and a half. Uh, it was a very good game for a long time. <clears throat> But this asshole oh, yeah. missed three field goals and an extra point. They lost by 12. That means he left, left 10 on the field. That means they would have lost by two. And to be honest <laughs> with you, Longhorn, if you watch that game, if he hit the field goals in the flow of the game, I'm not sure that they don't beat Tampa Bay in that game. However, he missed them. We lost. They lost. Now, just because he's a 90% kicker, you know, let's let's not... Say that we give him all of them. Let's say he misses one. They he hits seven. We lose by five, but still cover. But the most egregious thing to me, Longhorn, in this game was that after he missed the extra point, which that <laughs> Minnesota was up six to nothing at that point, they had gone down and, and opened the scoring. Tampa Bay punted again, and then he goes down. Minnesota has another very good drive. They get stalled. He missed a thirty-six yard field goal, which is about the spot of an extra point again. Very then hard. Tampa Bay scored. Hard. To go up 7-6. Minnesota drives the ball back down. But then, you line him up for a 54-yard field goal. He's missed an extra point and a 36-yard field goal. And you line him up for a 54-yarder. And, of course, he missed. Tampa Bay goes right down and scores a touchdown. Goes up 14-6. And our cover is fucking done. And before that, Longhorn, Tampa Bay had 100 yards of offense in the entire half. Mm. They gained half of that. Because of that fucking missed field goal. And Minnesota had 10 more first downs than Tampa Bay in the game. And they outgained Tampa Bay in the game. And you still put him out there for a 54-yard field goal. Just punt the fucking ball, Zimmer. God damn it. Yeah, you know, I remember a great movie from uh, about 20 years ago called Forrest Gump, and they had a guy named Lieutenant Dan, and Lieutenant Dan had magic legs, and it, <laughs> apparently, oh, Captain Dan doesn't have a magic leg, so uh, maybe he should, um, maybe he should work on that and be more like Lieutenant Dan. Oh my God, Mike Zimmer, <laughs> fuck you, buddy, just fuck you. All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time to go over all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! And Longhorn, we're going to start up north. Frozen Tundra, Green Bay, where those Packers are minus eight and a half versus those Carolina Panthers. Yeah, before before we get started there, I want to take, just give me 15 seconds here. I wanted to 
my the Sounders last week went on went oh and three, both Cephas. And you know, it is a fun little thing we do, but but I actually take it very seriously. And going on three is just not acceptable. Um, you know, I expect better out of myself. I know y'all expect better. Um, I'm gonna you know do my best to get some Sounder wins this week. You know, so bottom line is I gotta do better than that. I can't go zero three. That's just ridiculous. So um, once reset this for me, both Stevens. Where are we going? Green Bay minus eight and a half versus those Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Okay. So Teddy Two Gloves and Carolina are back into their sweet spot role as underdogs. Carolina is seven and six ATS on the year, but as underdogs they are seven and three, and as road underdogs they are five and one. So give me that huge number uh, with Carolina. Now I, you know, I I hate that this game is Saturday night in Green Bay because it's going to be fucking cold and nasty as shit. And Green Bay is is one of the few home fields that actually has a home field advantage still, um, even without the fans because of the field conditions, uh, you know, and obviously the cold weather. Now, it's not going to snow, at least not as of right now. It's not supposed to snow. So, you know, I don't expect it to be one of those cold snow games, but still it's going to be in the 20s uh, playing in that night game on Saturday night. Um, You know, it, it gives me a little bit pause because it's in Green Bay at night this late in the season, but I do lean to the huge underdog here. Bocephus, what do you got? Yeah, just a couple of trends to back you up there. The Panthers are 5-0 and ATS in the last five games. The road underdog, they are 5-0 and and ATS in the last game on the road, period. And they're 7-1 ATS in their last eight games as an underdog. It seems to be their sweet spot. This line is moving to nine, just to let you know. Uh, and okay. looking at the cash, though, the cash is 76% on the Panthers. 76% on the Panthers. The tickets are mm-hmm. split at this point. So the sharper side is obviously the Panthers with the points. And you get you just got to ask yourself at this point, Green Bay, you know, they know all they have to do is win out. They got the number one seed wrapped up. Uh, they know New Orleans is playing Kansas City, you know, on Sunday. It's going to be a tough game for them. So, and Drew Brees is not expected to play at this point. So, they know they just got to win. What is their motivation margin? Not much. And as long as the Panthers can muck it up and make it, you know, tough as they've done all season long in this role, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with you. I like it. All right, moving on to Denver, where those dancing Drew Locks are six point dogs to the Buffalo Bills. Did I get these in re- in reverse order? Is is Denver the night game, or did you just no just on do Saturday night? Order. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I think this is the first game on Saturday. Um, you know, and another game I really like on on the underdog here. It's just a great spot for Denver. Um, you know, and as soon as I looked at the at the board this week, this is this is one of this is the game that I was like, oh, like that, like that a lot. Uh, Buffalo had a huge. Primetime win last week versus Pittsburgh, so it falls right into that letdown game theory. Uh, but not only that, Buffalo is allowing 4.6 yards per rush this season, which is near the bottom of the league. And Denver has quietly been playing really good as uh, as of late. If you throw out that game when uh, the NFL bent them right over the the bar and, and stuck it in them against New Orleans and told them they're now you're playing without a quarterback, go fuck yourself. Um, if you take that game out, they've they've beat. They've beaten Miami. They played Casey down to the end. And, of course, last week 
they beat Carolina on the road. Um, it's not an impressive win or anything, but it still went on the road in the NFL. So, um, you know, and, and what's been the key to their late season success, you know, many, many success is a running game. If you take out, again, that New Orleans game, uh, over the last three games, besides that game, Denver, Denver's running back Gordon has carried the ball 43 times for, for 283 yards, a 6.6 yard per carry. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of been the key. Like, I know Drew Locke is getting a lot of uh, pub, you know, for, for kind of having some success lately. But just like most quarterbacks, especially marginal quarterbacks that aren't very good, you give them a running game and all of a sudden things start clicking better for, for them. Um, I love Denver this game. It's it's definitely, definitely a sounder alert game. I'm not going to hit it yet, Bocephus, but I do have my hand over the button. And if you talk me into it, I will hit it. If you don't like it, I'll pull back. So, just to preface this with, uh, just let everybody know, so the computers, how, how it kind of works with the computers is once we get to this point of the season, spreads get bigger than they should be, and Vegas knows the spreads are bigger than they should be, so what really weighs into this is motivation. What are teams playing for? What is the real motivation? What is the uh, favorites motivation for margin? Yada, yada, yada. So... The computers are not as accurate this time of year as why we had to data mine and data mine and data mine and get back to, you know, kind of where we started along here. You know, we didn't always do this with computers. We did it for a long time before computers, and we had to just old school handicap and game theory and dig through the numbers like we're doing right now. So uh, that's where we're at at this point of the season. So it's kind of like to start the season, at least we have projections. Um, you know, power rank is where we think teams are going to be, and then we adjust you know, every every week, obviously, as it goes. But we're generally pretty accurate as the season starts. But when it gets to this point, a lot of these spreads are way, 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 way too big uh, per what the numbers say they should be. So just putting that out there, just preface that as we go through. On this game in particular, so the cash and the tickets are both at 76% on the bills. So everybody, Sharp and Public, mm. are expecting the bills to cover however this number is moving down to five and a half in a lot of books so they've taken a lot of money on the bills but no, i'm sorry sorry it's it's at six my bad it's moved from five and a half to six. I'm sorry i was backwards so okay. because of all the money it's gone up to six if it keeps going this way with the money and the tickets it's going to get six and a half maybe even seven love the broncos at that value and here's the one thing we've been saying about, uh, you know, there's no fans. Home field advantage is a minimum, blah, blah, blah. But there is always a home field advantage in Denver because of the altitude. It is a very unique situation that everybody has to deal with. And for a young quarterback, and we've played this and we've won it many, many times over the years, including this year, for a young quarterback, their first trip to Denver, it's a different feeling. It's a different game. It's a different type of atmosphere. So... And Josh Allen wasn't great last week. I know, you know, the score ended up being what it was against uh, Pittsburgh, but if you looked at that first half, he was actually awful. He was awful, Josh Allen, in that first half. So you've always got the possibility of that. And uh, you say the Broncos going on the road, beating Carolina is not impressive. I mean, for the caliber of the team the Broncos and the Panthers are, I thought it was impressive for them just going there and just kind of, yeah. you know, wipe them out a little bit. The Broncos have been showing fight. They've been running the ball. Uh, the Bills are 17th DVOA defense against the run. So, yeah, I'll lean with you here with the Broncos. I'll pull the sounder back. It's not – it's just – that was 
Yeah, let's, pull, let's pull it back. Let's be a little bit more uh, conservative with that sounder. All right, we're going to move on to Indianapolis where those Colts are seven and a half point home favorites against those Houston with an H <sighs> Texans. Hey, Bo Sevis, do you remember the last time these two teams? <laughs> the last time I don't these want two to. Teams I don't want to. I know. You, I don't want to remember. Yeah, none of us want to. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Watson had the ball at the goal line with a chance to beat this team. Uh, and, um, you know, it didn't. Let's just say it didn't go our way. Let's leave it there. Um, <laughs> but this line, what would you say it's at right now on yours? Uh, seven and a half. Seven in some places, but it is seven and a half consensus. Yeah, so so if if Watson doesn't fumble that ball and they score that touchdown, which is which is the most likely scenario uh, that would have happened, wouldn't you say this line would probably be around five and a half, maybe six? I mean, like, so you, it, to me, you're I getting mean, it, it opened getting, at six and a half, so probably I don't think five is fair. Yeah, so I mean, to me, you're automatically getting value based on one play that didn't happen. That was, you know, probably in the ninety percent, upper nineties of of going to convert. So, you know, and, and not to mention the fact that you're you're getting a Houston team coming off laying a massive egg against Chicago last week, and Indy coming off a game where they shit stomped Vegas. Um, so. It, this is this is that double bounce back, that world famous Longhorn double bounce back theory. This is an end division division game, huge number uh, versus it, and Houston's going against a team that they know that they should have beaten just just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so much like much like the last meeting, this game falls pretty much all on Watson. You know, if if he's Superman, Houston covers pretty easily. Uh, if he fumbles at the goal line again, we lose. So I mean. I'm going to lean to the points. I love the number here, so um, I'm going to roll with Houston one more time. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to have to lean against you on this one. Uh, mm. And I know we lost on an Are You Fucking Kidding Me, which that was the mm-hmm. week of the Are You Fucking Kidding Me's, which is why I don't want to remember it. But I do remember it, and I do remember watching that game, and Houston got outplayed pretty heavily, but that was the first game without Fuller. And now they played another game without Fuller, and what I've – it's crazy. What I've kind of come to realize about Watson and the Texans offense. So this year, Deshaun Watson, we've, we've chronicled it here. He's having the best year of his entire career by far. It's not even close, right? Which is crazy because you think, well, they traded his best weapon, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, the best receiver in football. You know, I don't think that's even arguable anymore. Away, but yet he's having his best year. So I started thinking, like, how is he doing this? And then I remembered, like, it hit me all of a sudden. Will Fuller has never been healthy his entire time in Houston. He's always missed games, missed games, you know. But this season, he was healthy the entire time. Obviously, he was taking PEDs to get there because uh, he's got a contract coming up, which I'm not mad at the young man for doing it. I do the same thing in his situation, if I'm being honest, trying to get paid. But he was there every game, and Watson had his best year, and it kind of hit me that, his presence, not just he's the, he's you know DeAndre Hopkins, but his presence within the offense, whatever he does, taking the top of the defense. And I'm not an X's no guy, but whatever he does in that offense allows Deshaun Watson to be so successful that when he's on, because if you look at the the numbers when he's on the field and when he's not, even through Deshaun Watson's career, we've chronicled this prior to this, he's a different guy. Like he's so much elevated. His his quarterback rating is over ten points higher. 
when Will Fuller's on the field. So whatever he does in that offense is so critical to Deshaun's success. And you saw in the first game against uh, the Colts, they could barely move the ball for big portions of that game. Now Deshaun being Deshaun, he made it almost happen at the end. But now we're on game three. And the game two, you saw what they did against Chicago. And that might have been a bad spot, weather, whatever, I don't know. But I'm just, I'm really starting to kind of realize that Will Fuller might be somehow the engine that makes this offense flow for Deshaun Watson. For whatever he does, for whatever works for him, he seems to be the kind of a key cog in that whole fucking thing. So without him, I'm, st- I'm starting to fade on confidence in the Texans and confidence at Watson. And if you look at his numbers the last couple games without him, not nearly as good. And right now the Colts have all the motivation in the world because they've got to go try to win this division. They're tied with Tennessee. The Texans are out of it. They know they're out of it. It's one of those games that this is one of those dogs that looks inviting. It looks like, oh, yeah, we should definitely take the Texans. But, man, if they get down, I'm not sure what their motivation is to come back. I'm not sure, you know, if they get down too big, how long does Sean play? It's it's one of those things. I I don't know. I'm going to lean against you on this one. All right. All right, moving on to Tennessee, those aforementioned Titans, and they are now 11-point where you can get it on the board. They're 11-point consensus favorites versus your Detroit Lions. No, I'm putting the I'm putting the Lions in the in the um, in the closet for the rest of the year. Not, not <laughs> I'm not talking to them. They're in timeout. They're in they're in sports timeout. Um, hey, you remember? Um, do you remember what's his name? Uh, Kenny Galladay, Galladay, Galladay. Do you remember him? Yeah, I, I kind of kind of remember him. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Galladay. We. You're you're gone, I guess. Don't you never play anymore? Um, look, if if Stafford and I and I hear you, and I agree with a lot of things you're saying about this late in the season. Um, you know, it, the computers, it's it's tricky. It's it's, it's more of a um, it's more of an art than it is a science at this time of year. Um, and this this game, I kind of feel like falls into that category as well because you know. A month ago, Detroit getting all these points, it's a no-brainer. This time of year, you know, it, it gets tricky. You know, so you, teams start sitting players that are healthy enough to play because there's no reason to bring them back in. Um, now, uh, is Stafford playing in this game? Have you, is, is, is that for sure that he's going, or is that it, still up it in the air? It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, I just – then I want no part of this. I mean, like – this is just a hard pass game for me. You know, if Stafford was playing, obviously I'd be taking the points. But then again, the points wouldn't be this high. Uh, it'd be a whole different scenario in in a different week of the season. So, just complete stay away for me. I really don't have much on this game at all. It's a tough game to handicap with all the the unknown motivation and unknown players that are playing. Yeah, I would have to lean to the Titans here and lay this heavy number at home uh, with no Stafford in the game. The Lions don't match up well against the Titans anyway, even with Stafford. And, again, they hit, it's them versus the Colts. It's the only two teams. You can, they're battling it out for that division. They're neck and neck. They're tied on the uh, win-loss record. They know they got to win out. Both teams know they got to win out. There is no margin for error. And with that kind of laser focus and the fact that Derrick Henry has just been an unstoppable beast over the last month, they've really hit their strides. Hannah Hill, he went through a little bit of a lull there. 
through the middle of the season. I think we lost a game on him. I can't remember which game it was where he just played like shit. But he's, you know, kind of come back to, you know, the fold with Derrick Henry getting back into it. Those receivers are absolute fucking beasts for the Titans, and the Lions secondary is fucking trash. I mean, uh, defensively against the pass, let's see where they're at. Looking, Detroit is 30th past DVOA yeah, defense. Go, those, go way those, down, way down. Yeah, those receivers are going to have their way with this shitty secondary, and Derrick Henry is going to run all over them. That this could get ugly, 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 and I gotta lean Tennessee here. All right, all right, moving on. Those L.A. Rams, my new favorite team, the L.A. Rams, because I've got a ticket on them plus two eighty to win the division from back in October, baby. They are laying seventeen goddamn points at home to those New York Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I want no part of this game. And in essence of time, uh, let's. I'm just going to keep this real short because I didn't put. It, I mean, look, th- th- these games are simple. I mean, as a rule, a number this big, you either play the big number or you pass. I'm not interested in playing either one of these teams. Um, I would lean on a force lean to the Jets, of course, with a huge number. But I won't be watching. And I won't be betting. If you got anything, take it away. Yeah, I agree. I pass on this game. A very obscure trend here, though. If you if you double the points, and then if it's within ten points of the over under, the underdog hits at like an eighty percent clip historically. So it's seventeen. The over under is forty three and a half. Thirty four, forty three and a half is nine and a half points. So historically, the Jets are at eighty percent cover here. And I think they probably do cover, but there's no fucking way I'm laying my money on that after no. the performance that they just fucking went and shit on themselves in Seattle. On the flip side of that, the Rams know they're going to win. That I mean, they're going to be as vanilla as vanilla fucking gets. I don't know how vanilla that is with fucking Sean uh, McVay, but they're going to try to run for 300 yards. Or I, I, I would I would be shocked if Goff has 23 pass attempts in this game. I really would. Yeah. All right, moving on. Those Atlanta Falcons are at home, and they are home dogs to those top of Brady Buccaneers by six points. Yes, thank God. Actually, a game worth watching. Um, now I already know we disagree on this one because we talked about this a little bit, but that's all right. That's 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 uh, that's okay this time of year. Um, since since the coach for Atlanta has taken over, they've been playing freaking lights out for him almost like almost like they want him to be the head coach for atlanta um so you know we talked about motivation to me if you're if you're looking for motivation in a team that has nothing to actually play for as far as the the standings go well playing for a coach that you want to be your coach is is a can be a factor uh here um you know tampa bay you know they shouldn't have covered last week versus Minnesota. I mean, you went you went over no. it. I mean, obviously they should not have covered. Uh, now, I think this line's gotten a little bit out of control, you know, because I, I when I did my little power rankings thing, which I know is different from yours, it, it was at four and a half um, on mine. So there is value in a pure power ranking standpoint for me here on Atlanta. Ronald Jones has the China flu and he will not be playing, so it's going to be a four net game. And that just honestly at this point has to be a downgrade because he was a healthy scratch last week. So 
Not sure what's going on with Fournette. Uh, you know, maybe he wasn't. I, I really don't know. It's maybe, maybe it's just not working here in Tampa Bay. Um, I don't love it, and I certainly won't pound the table for Atlanta here at all. Um, but I do love seeing teams play hard for a coach. Um, so give me Atlanta with that big number at home, and um, you can tell me, tell me how I'm wrong. Well, the numbers agree with you for sure. The power rankings definitely have Atlanta supposed to be covering this game. However, we talked about how the computers are, you know, going to be biased towards most of the dogs at this point because the numbers are do get a little, a little inflated. Here's why I like Tampa Bay in this game. Uh, the only thing that Atlanta does of any consequence is their defense against the run. They're number four in the NFL DVOA rushing defense. Well, Tampa Bay doesn't even try to fucking run the ball. So Ronald Jones, Harry Jones, your mama Jones, they don't fucking matter who the running back is. They don't fucking do it anyway. <laughs> what they do is they pass the ball, and they do it at the sixth best passing DVOA defense, or DVOA offense passing. Atlanta has the 20, 20th best DVOA pass defense. So Atlanta's only redeeming quality is going to be fucking neutralized. And on the flip side of that, Tampa Bay is the seventh best DVOA defense against the pass, second best against the run. Atlanta's 21st and 28th, 21st pass, 28th rushing in DVOA. They're not a good offense, and quite frankly, the biggest rub to me is this. Uh, at this point, Matt Ryan's not any good anymore. He has aged horribly over the last year to year and a half. <laughs> Sir. He has, man. He's fallen off a fucking cliff. So he's 19th in DYAR, which is, which is defensive yards above replacement, 21st in DVOA and 20th in quarterback rating, which means he is a bottom third quarterback by every advanced analytic that you want to look at. And that goes right into what Tampa Bay does well. They feast on bad quarterbacks. In fact, the only quarterback worse than him they've lost to was Nick Foles, which, you know, shit happens. It's the fucking NFL. And the only quarterback that they've beaten that has been above average this year has been Aaron Rodgers, who's probably going to win the MVP, which, again, Shit happens. It's the fucking NFL. Now, looking more macro on this thing, that's probably where the Bucks' downfall is going to be come playoff time because they're going to play a bunch of good quarterbacks. They're probably going to go home early because they don't beat good quarterbacks. In fact, last week, you know, Kirk Cousins is an above-average quarterback by all those rankings, and they, quite frankly, not, not only should Minnesota have covered that game, like I said, if they make the field goals in time and the game stays on schedule, I really think Minnesota probably wins that football game, or at least they have a really good shot to. Because when they play above-average quarterbacks, they don't do well. But when they play shitty quarterbacks, which that's what Matt Ryan is at this point in his career, whether you want to believe it or not, I don't give a fuck. You want to say the guy's a Hall of Famer? Fine, I don't care. At this point, he sucks. And they're going to beat his ass, and they're going to do it two out of the next three games, so they play him twice. So they, they got to get to the playoffs first, and this is where that march continues. And with New Orleans, without Drew Brees, their eye is still on the division prize. They're not eliminated yet. They're almost, but not quite. And they're going to yeah, keep marching yeah. on this week. I like it. You called your shot. Let's do it. All right, moving on. Those Miami Dolphins are now consensus one and a half point down to one and a half point home favorite versus those New England Patriots. Yeah, this is a tough game for me. I went, kind of went back and forth. I could see an argument for both ways. Um, you know, Gasecki and Parker are banged up, probably won't play. You know, this is basically this is the student versus pupil uh, game. And historically, this has been dominated by Belichick in his, you know, past games against his former coaches. 
Um, also, historically, Belichick versus a young quarterback has been advantageous for New England as well. 66% ATS versus first or second year quarterbacks. Now, matchup wise, it's also a good fit for New England as they can only run the ball um, successfully. And the only weakness in that amazing Miami defense is against the run. 23rd in defensive rush efficiency, allowing 4.7 yards per rush. Just a lot of things pointing me to New England here, but the number is not inviting at all, at least at this point. Um, it's a stay away game from, for me. New England has always struggled down here in Miami in these late season games in the, in the heat. And that was even with Brady, you know, on their team. So, you know, on a force lean, I, I would, God, it doesn't even feel right to say it. I, I, I would still lean New England, I guess, on a force lean, but I just, it feels dirty. Yeah, so I went back and forth in this game too, but I leaned Miami um, for a couple reasons, and and the Belichick thing versus the rookie quarterback and all that. So like, yeah, he he dominates, dominates, dominates. But like you said, what New England usually does in Miami in in December, Tom Brady with New England was one in seven straight up against Miami, one in seven in December for his entire career in New England. That's pretty fucking incredible. Now you're going to come down here with Cam Newton, who can't throw for 100 yards. But, you know what? That's New England knows he can't. They know they're going to run. Like you said, Miami's not a good running defense. However, I started thinking, if Flores is really as good as you and I both believe that he is, because you and I both believe this dude is awesome, and if he's really that Absolutely. fucking good, he's got to be able to game plan for, I mean, he's got 14 weeks of tape on what this offense is with Cam Newton, he's got to be able to game plan for what they're going to do. And although, of course, Bill Belichick is going to game plan for what Tua can do, or really, at this point, can't do, because he can't do very much. He's not been very good, if you've actually been watching him play. Uh, but Flores, I, I just got to put my faith in him. Like It's crazy. I got to put my faith in him even over Belichick at this point, because... Belichick's offense is more limited than Miami's is. And Miami for the season is 10 and 3 ATS, the number one ATS team in all of football. And they're doing it at a two point cumulative ATS clip better than the entire league, which is tremendous. Like I remember Baltimore a couple years ago was like four points, or it was last year, which was like historically better than the rest of the league. And Miami's in that territory, man, and I, I have to chalk it up to Flores' coaching. And if you look at where the Sharp Bunny's at, 87% of the cash right now is on Miami. So I think that people are starting to kind of realize what I'm talking about, that yes, it's it's weakness versus strength for sure, and it's Belichick versus pupil, Belichick versus rookie quarterback. But, man, if Flores this is, the, if Flores is going to be what we think he's going to be, then they will game plan for Cam. They'll go win this game. I'm not saying handily. It's going to be ugly. I mean, it's 41 and a half for Christ's sake. Under over under. It's going to be an ugly fucking game. But under if he's going to if he's going to be the dude, you know, th- this is going to be that game that 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 proves that he's going to be the dude. Let's do it. All right, moving on. Those Washington football people. They're at home, and they're hosting those Seattle Seahawks, and they're six point now consensus home dogs. Yep, those skins of red. Is this a Haskins game or is this a Alex Smith game? Who the fuck knows? Um, you know, it's not looking, it's looking good like ha- for, yeah, 
Yeah, it's looking like a Haskins sure. game, which takes me right off the skins of red. Want no part of that. You do have the West Coast to East Coast factor for Seattle, um, but you know, but there is motivation on both sides here for the division titles uh, for for each each team. Uh, look, Wilson has just not looked like an MVP quarterback for quite a while now, uh, and that game last week versus the Jets won't won't change my mind on that. You know, you can just throw that one right out against those shitty Jets. Um, now he faces. A nasty defense with a nasty pass rush and a ball hawk, hawking secondary, twelve ints um, on the year, which is in the upper the upper part of the league. Um, so, so you know, the quarterback for Haskins won't affect the Washington defense too much. You know, I mean, quarterbacks can't have a, an effect on defense if they're just awful and keeping the defense out there. But you know, I look for kind of that turnover Russell Wilson to return here a little bit. And um, Washington to have a chance to hang around and get the cover. The problem is, just w- without Smith, takes that right out for me. They go back right back to being one of the worst teams in the league, w- which they were when Haskins was in there. So, you know, it, it, I love this guy. I loved Washington with with Smith playing. Complete stay away for me with Haskins in there. Um, ugly low scoring game. I, I'll I'll be I'll be off this game, Bosipas. Yeah, to me, the, the look-ahead line was Seattle minus three, and that was obviously with um, Smith playing. It's, it's at six now. I don't know that three points is a big enough downgrade from Smith to Haskins. If you looked last week when Haskins came in the game against San Francisco, Washington was up 23-7. to They didn't score another point. I don't remember them getting another first down, to be honest with you. <laughs> Haskins went seven for 12 for 50 yards. That's four <laughs> yards an attempt. Uh, he... He's not. I, I I wanted to make the point that he's the worst downgrade in the league, but I looked up the numbers. I can't make that point. It's actually not factually accurate. But he's so bad at playing quarterback and playing football. The only thing that is not making me just pound the table for Seattle is that Washington can win this division. They're in the lead. That they're fighting for their lives, and that defense is carrying. I mean, they carried the team. Quite frankly, the carried team last year or last week against San Francisco. I mean, even when Alex Smith was in there, he was eight for nineteen for fifty-seven yards. <laughs> I mean, he threw for fifty-seven yards in three wow. quarters, so he was terrible. Three yards in attempt and a pick and no touchdowns, and the defense still carried them to that. Well, like I said, what it was twenty-three to seven at the point he went out. So the defense is legit. They are playing hard. Uh, Chase Young is their undisputed leader, even as a rookie. That kid. He's a monster. He he talks shit the whole game. He punches other players like he he is the fucking dude. So that dude is have he has him on max motivation. It's gonna be a rough one. I would have to lean Seattle covering the points just because Russ Wilson knows he needs to win this game. They are the better football team, and he is by far the better quarterback. Can he cover? Oh man, it's gonna be tough. But I would have to lean Seattle here. All right. All right, moving on. Those Minnesota Vikings and those fucking Captain Dan Baileys. They are at home. Don't know if he's still on the team, but they're hosting Chicago and the Bears and they're three-point home favorites. God, I hope he's not. I hope they got his ass out of there. Um, Chicago had a perfect spot last week versus uh, Houston, and I just truly underestimated the weather situation last week, um, and I took I took Houston. <laughs> Uh, on the podcast in that game and bad call horrible horrible pick um 
Chicago rolled up on Houston for a big win, and, and Minnesota struggled um, a little bit last week versus Tampa. But you know, but like we said, that was mostly mostly the kicker. I mean, not um, really. They well, yeah, you're they had right. Ten more first downs than them. They didn't really struggle. Yeah, so yeah, it was mostly the it was mostly the kicker. You're right, uh, but that's actually works in our favor here because on the scoreboard to the public, it looks like you know a bad Minnesota loss. Um, I'm gonna lean to Minnesota here just because of that double bounce back um, theory. You know, for both teams, the last time these two teams played, Minnesota put up 385 yards versus the Chicago defense, and that's when this Chicago defense was actually playing. Like the like the Chicago defense and playing for something, um, and Minnesota only allowed 149 yards um, by Chicago and won the game by six points in Chicago. You know, I, I love this game at at three or better, and I'm going to lean that way. I don't really have anything that's pointing me to Chicago in this game, Bosey. But I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say on this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, it, it's almost like stealing. The look ahead on this line was six and a half, like it's three, like. I don't. I don't understand I the big downgrade on this at all. Like, it's it's almost like people didn't watch the Minnesota Tampa Bay game. They just saw the ball. Oh, they got. Oh, they got the shit kicked. They got lost by twelve points. Well, yeah, I guess. Except for the fact, like I said, they out fucking ganged them, and they had ten more first downs. Like, oh my god, they should have won the fucking game. Yeah, right. it's 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 Vikings are fucking nothing for me on this one. All right, all right moving on. Those Baltimore Ravens. Coming off that huge win against your Cleveland Browns <laughs> last week, they're hosting those or my Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, third straight third straight week for a short week or a short week of preparation here for Baltimore, and you know now against Jacksonville, you know, look, if you ever want to be on a third straight week of rest, short short rest. You want it to be against Jacksonville, so I don't know necessarily. You bite your goddamn tongue. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like that's <laughs> that's that cumulative fatigue. Uh, I, I'm this is the team you wanted to have it again. Now, it's certainly not going to cost them the game. They're not going to lose to Jacksonville. Will that will that cumulative fatigue keep them from putting their foot on the gas to get enough margin to cover this huge number? Possibly. So. Um, you know, and, and on top of that, that game last week against Cleveland was just a, just a fucking back and forth all night long. Very, very uh, exhausting game. You know, games like that usually teams are a little sluggish uh, the next week. Um, you know, and, and of course we've got some China flu issues with receivers for Baltimore again. So what we'll to see like what the final status is on some of those guys um, playing or not. Now, the mustache is back. Actually, I'm assuming that. Is he going to start this next game for sure? I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't. I, I don't see why they wouldn't either. Like, you got to play the dude. I mean, just – and look, that can go really, really bad or it could be really, really good for a backdoor type situation. Um, a lot of variance in this game. Um, Baltimore, however, does only have eight interceptions this season on defense, and that's in the bottom quarter of the league. So, you know – they're not that ball hawking defense that they used to be in the past, um, and I'm not sure a fatigued Baltimore without those without those ball hawking skills um, can find enough motivation and find enough margin in this game to cover that huge number. So I will lean again to those Fighting Jags and hope that they actually 
show up this week and show some of that fight that they have in most of the season. Yeah, I honestly don't have a lean in this game. I'm torn on it. Uh, I mean, obviously the computers would support you, but of course they're going to at that number because uh, that number is mm-hmm. way too high. However, again, it comes down to motivation on both sides. Uh, the receiver thing doesn't matter to me because Lamar can't throw anyway. I don't care what anybody <laughs> the dude The dude can't throw, right. so it doesn't fucking matter. Fair. That's a fair point. Now, what I have seen out of Lamar, though, since the, the situation has become dire, other than him shitting his pants the other night um, in Cleveland, is the fact that he is going to... They've just basically said, hey, fuck all this offense shit. You just run the ball and we'll win. And he's been running for about 100 yards a game for the last three games since they've gotten to must-win territory. And now he's going to do that again this week. However, with this number and against this team, this Jack, I mean, let's be honest, the Jaguars suck. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. I don't think I'm breaking news there. So does he continue to run, right, as the game gets on? Probably not. They're probably going to say, hey, once we got it, let's let's calm it down a little bit. That will be your only chance for the Jaguars to cover, will be the backdoor situation happening. Uh. You know, and, and the stash is good. He's good at coming to the back door. That's how he makes his living, right? He's he's a backdoor man. That's what he does, you know. Kind of like a lot of us. I've heard rumors. We're, yeah. I've we're, heard, we're backdoor I've heard guys, rumors. right? Yeah. So I think that's sure. the reason why I don't have a lean here because I can see Baltimore blowing them the fuck out. And I can see Baltimore blowing them out. And then Jaguars, you know, they'll pull, you know, they'll just pull uh, Lamar off the field or tell him, hey, just stay in the pocket, hand the ball off. Let's not do this shit anymore. We got the lead. And we don't need the margin, so and that will allow Jacksonville to come back and get the back door. But I'm not going to lay my money on that kind of situation because the bottom line is the Ravens are going to go dominate this game because they have to and they can and they will. So I I don't like I love playing big dogs when there's a really really good chance of them covering because they're going to be in the game, not because oh they might just get a back door. Like I'm I'm kind of out on that. All right. All right, moving on. We're going to the New York football giants, and they are at home, and they are now six-point home dogs to your Cleveland Browns. Unbelievable. This Look, this game reminds me of a game a few weeks ago when Vegas played their rival, Kansas City, close at home. I believe it was, a, uh, it was either Sunday night or Monday night game. I can't remember. And even though they lost the game, it felt like a win for the Raiders. And they were kind of, you know, they were kind of feeling themselves way too much. They had already beat them earlier in the year, played them close to the second game. So they kind of thought they were just, you know, the, the, the new team right behind KC in the league. Well, of course, the next week they went on the road and got waxed by Atlanta 43 to 6 in this game. Uh, Cleveland. Did, didn't you call, didn't you call the sounder on that? I believe I did. I believe I, I believe did. You and, did. I believe you and did. And that's that's a good that's good foreshadowing there, Bo Cephas. Uh Cleveland lost last week to rival Baltimore, but played, you know, pl- they played the big bad bully close. So they're kinda got that they kinda yeah. got that ooh we're Well, I mean, it went down to the end. I mean it was the, both teams in the forties, I believe. I mean it it was it was a good game. It, so they feel like, hey, we're here, we're 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 just as good as these as these guys now. Perfect letdown spot um, now to go on the road against a New York Giant team who played their worst game of the year last week. 
This is the spot of spots, and give me New York. Give me those points. Matter of fact, hit that sounder, Bocevis. Give me New York to win this game. This is my only sounder of the week. I feel great about it. I know the line's going against me. It's fine. You know, I'm not I'm not in this business. We don't do what we do because we fucking follow line moves. Like, that's not what we do. We do what we do because we're good at it. Uh, love this game. Take the points, um, obviously, you know. But I really feel like Cleveland's, they're just feeling themselves and they're going to walk into a shitstorm and New York's just waiting on them. Yeah, so this game was three. It's actually up to, second right now, it's moving to six and a half. And that's because Daniel Jones probably not going to play. So now you're looking at three, three and a half point downgrade to Colt McCoy. And quite frankly, right. Longhorn, yeah. I, I feel better. Because we talked about this game earlier in the week when it was at four, and you like the Giants, and I wasn't really feeling that. But now that I know Colt's going to play, and it's probably going to be at seven by the time kickoff happens, I love your pick, man. I love it. Because here's the thing. Daniel Jones is a lot like um, Lamar or uh, Kyler or Baker and some of these quarterbacks that they don't process information quickly. They don't see the field good enough. They have to have their mobility about them to have success. And last week you saw the reason why uh, the Giants played the worst game was because Daniel Jones was already injured. They rushed him back out there. He re-injured his calf. And he couldn't move. And if that guy can't move, he can't play in this league because, again, he cannot at this point in his career, now whether he gets better or not, we'll see. But at this point in his career, he cannot process information fast enough to make a second or third read without being able to move, scramble, and make plays with his legs, which is where Daniel Jones has been his most effective and his most dangerous. And as much shit as we like to talk about Lamar Jackson not being able to throw, well, Daniel Jones can't read a fucking defense to save his life, so he needs his legs too. So without him in there being immobile, I like Colt McCoy, the veteran, going against a Cleveland defense who, quite frankly, isn't that fucking good. They're just not fucking good. Great. So I man, I'm I really am digging this pick and it six and a half, seven and closer. I mean it, it can keep getting bet up all it fucking wants to. I like the mm -hmm. Giants here, man. Yep. All right. All right, moving on. Those Arizona Cardinals and the midget shuffle is back at home. And he's six and a half point home favorites versus those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. The circus midget, sir. Let's put some respect on that midget, at least. <laughs> um, well, I love Philly here. I love Philly getting these points. Um, I've been saying this for quite a while now, if you listen to the podcast. That Philly defense always shows up and plays their ass off. And Jalen Hurts has given this team a jolt on offense. Um, Alshon Jeffries is back. Ertz is back. And that RPO, uh, the RPO offense – with Miles Sanders is just it's just a whole different game when you actually have a running threat at quarterback. So it's kind of opened that up too. Um, the Arizona defense has given up 28 points in, in or more in five of the last seven games. So they are they can be had. Uh, and and look, bottom line, Philly has the better defense and a newly dangerous offense. Not a great offense, but dangerous. Uh, so give me feeling those points here. You know. Hand over, hand over the, the sounder button. Not going to hit it. You'll have to uh, talk me into it or talk me out of it, Bo Cephas. What do you got? Yeah, I'd talk you out of that one for sure. Uh, Fair enough. I don't even know. I don't even know that I like 
fill in the points. Um, mm. The Sharps mm. are heavy, heavy, heavy money. 90, 90% money on the Cardinals here. 77% of the tickets on the Eagles. This is lined up to be a pros versus Joes type of matchup. Now, what I will say to your point is Hurts is dangerous because he's an unknown, right? But again, he's another young quarterback that can't really read a defense at all or throw the ball effectively. He went 17 for 30 for 167 and a touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over, though, but he did run for 100 yards. Now, if he goes out and runs for 100 fucking yards, yeah, they're going to cover for sure. But can he duplicate that? Can Arizona, off one week of you know tape, get be effective on him? I don't know. It just seems like a little bit of... Um, it's a little bit of overreaction to how hot, you know, he was last week and how well they played. But Arizona has been scuffling. I mean, I know they beat the shit out of the Giants, but like I just said, that's because Daniel Jones was rushed out there, injured, and he shouldn't. Have, he should never have played in that game. And he, I mean, Arizona didn't do really anything on offense in that game. Like they, they the Giants kept handing the ball back, handing the handing the ball like. They still weren't great on offense, but what I will say is I did see Kyler Murray running in that game, which he hasn't been doing the last few weeks, which tells me not only is he getting more healthy, but he realized the gravity situation. He knows they have to win. They have to win, and both these teams have to win to stay alive, so it's basically equal motivation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I see it moving to seven. If I got seven with the Eagles, I'd lean with you. But still, that's only on a cover situation at all. I don't see any chance the Eagles actually win this football game. But if it gets to seven, I'll lean with you taking the points. Yeah, you've always had a thing for midgets. <laughs> well, the perfect height to hold your beer can on top of their head. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, they're at home, and they're catching three points of those world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, Super Bowl preview game. Uh, my initial lean was to New Orleans on this one, um, but Breeze is out. Uh, you know, who, at least that's what I'm hearing. Who the fuck knows? I think Sean Payton's playing some fucking mind games over there. Um, I, I know that you've got a take on this one, and um, you told me a little bit about it. I'm going to switch my lean to Kansas City based on what you have said, so take it away. Yeah, I mean, Breeze isn't going to play, obviously, with the line here. It wouldn't be three if he was in. It would be closer to a pick em. I mean, you got you got to imagine, or if not Saints minus one, you got to imagine three four points from uh, Drew Breeze to Taysom fucking Hill, right? Um, now, the tickets and money aren't split on this game, so a lot of people are torn on it. However, if you just look at what Kansas City is going, like Kansas City is now in the driver's seat for the number one seed. This is a game they can go flex on the best team in the NFC. And when they get max motivation like this, that's when this Kansas City team is at its most dangerous. And I think the bigger thing for me in this game is, if you look at every Kansas City game, now they're not very good against the spread. They're 6-7. and seven. But if you look at this game, they're going to probably be up double digits at some point. I mean, most likely they almost always are. Can Taysom Hill bring them back from double digits, right? If they can't run the RPO, if they can't do all that tricky shit that they like to do with him and that gimmick-ass offense, that's not going to bring them back versus Kansas City. And and Patrick Mahomes is coming off his worst game. 
honestly the worst game that I've seen him play as a professional football player last week. I mean, all in all, if you look at, and I know they they won or whatever, and they didn't cover against Miami. We did hit that. But if you look, he threw three interceptions, and they were terrible interceptions. They weren't like fluky tip balls, and they were terrible passes. He went full Tim Tebow and ran 40 yards backward at one point and fucking got sacked on his own five. Like, he, it looked like he had the fucking Miami flu. Like, he was just hung over from the night before or something. I don't know what the fuck was going on with the kid, but that is yeah. not that he looked like the Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes last week. I think this week he's going to want to go out. And because of that, Aaron Rodgers is now the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. I think he's going to go out this week. He's going to want to right that ship. He's going to want to put up big numbers, and I think he's going to do it. And again, the bottom line is once New Orleans gets down the inevitable two scores, I don't think Taysom Hill's the guy that can bring them back just set up, sitting there throwing the football. I really don't think he can do it. Sounds good. All right, moving on to those Dallas Cowboys. And they got flexed the fuck out of Sunday night to the noon oh. spot. Shocker. Yeah. So Dallas and San Francisco, the two most two of the most storied franchises in all the NFL, got flexed out of the Sunday night spot to play at a noon slot, you know, with every fucking other team. And it's Dallas hosting San Francisco three-point home dogs. Huh, you know what? I didn't even do a Hello T Corner TV game. Let's make that this week's Hello Corner. I mean, they're already the they're already Dallas is already the Hello Corner TV game champions. They will never be dethroned. Nobody will ever <laughs> be as unwatchable and have as much apathy set in as this team has. Uh, I'll make it quick. San Francisco likes to pound the rock, and Dallas sucks at stopping the run. Uh, I believe the last time I checked, they were dead last. Maybe. maybe they- Maybe they're not quite dead last anymore. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, San Francisco got an ugly loss last week, but it was mostly because of the um, you know Washington defensive line dominating the O-line of San Francisco. Dallas will not be able to do that. Um, plus, this falls into the world-famous Longhorn double bounce back theory. Uh, Dallas coming off a big blowout win against Cincinnati. And, of course, like I said, San Francisco losing last week. Huge lean to San Francisco here. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about the running defense of Dallas. Like you said, they've, I think they've two, well, I know they gave up 300 yards once. They gave up like 297 another game. And that is what San Francisco is going to come here to do. It is little Nicky Mullins uh, starting this game. So, you know, they're, mm-hmm. da- crazy to think, the crazy thing is to say, Dallas does have the better quarterback in this matchup. However, it's not going to matter because San Francisco is going to run their ball down their fucking throat. And at this point, I think the best quote that I saw all week, and it kind of, I guess, explains Dallas in a, in a nutshell, how the attitude is around that team. They asked Jalen Smith, the you know all-star linebacker that he is, <laughs> what he thought about getting flexed out of the Sunday night spot. And he said, if the boss man don't care, it don't matter to us. Because, you know, Jerry went on the radio here in Dallas on 105.3 The Fan with uh, Sean and RJ and said that, you know, he basically spun it to a positive thing that the Cowboys got flexed out. So, basically, they've taken the attitude, which, shout out to your boy Mikey Bassick for, you know, saying this for, I don't know, five years now, that they don't really give a shit because Jerry really don't give a shit (laughs) about winning. He just wants to make money. And 
you know what? The players are, are reflecting that attitude. If that's their attitude, they don't care. They got flexed out. I mean, really, how hard are they going to go? You know, when, when San Francisco starts hitting you in the fucking mouth, as we saw last year in the playoffs against uh, Green Bay, people don't want to stand up to that shit. They just, you just fucking quit. You're going to lay down. So, yeah. I, I got, there's no, there's no other way for me to lean here except for San Francisco. Yep. All right. Moving on. The last game, the Monday night football game. And oh, what a game it is. Those Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the Cincinnati again, Bungles. And they are 13 point home dogs. God. Fucking. What's the deal with these fucking money? These money in the games have been. I mean, last week was good. Besides that, they've been shit. Um, well, I'm ESPN doesn't have the uh, contract where they can flex shit out, so they get fucked with whatever they get left with. Hmm. That's. You know, there's a. A wise man once said, "Once you go woke, you go broke." And I'll just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> let's let, let's keep this one short and sweet. Pittsburgh has lost two games in a row. Pissed off team in need of that in need to get that feeling of a win. And unfortunately for Cincinnati and all their fans, they are on the chopping block this week. It's always always dangerous to lay a big number um, like this on the road, but with Cincy having. Quite possibly the worst quarterback situation in the league right now. I've got to lean to Pittsburgh. I do, you know, I do expect the Pittsburgh offense to kind of do what they do and look lethargic and just very not impressive at times, like like they have um, all season. Um, but I just I, I can't see Cincinnati scoring over ten points in this game. So you really only need twenty to twenty three points from Pittsburgh to cover. Um, I'm going to lean to Pittsburgh in a low-scoring blowout. <laughs> low-scoring blowout. Uh, you know, 23-6 to type game. Uh, give me Pittsburgh. What do you got? Yep, I'm with you. In fact, I'm going to call a final score here. First time I've done this all year, but I feel great about it. 23-0. to nothing. Pittsburgh blanks them oh, at home. Oh, shit. 23-0. That's a, Let's go, oh, Pittsburgh. I love it. And with that, that was all. Those wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby! Alright, boys and girls, it's time you all been waiting for. It's time for that NFL free. I said free pick of the week. Yeah, buddy, I'm going to go back to that well. I'm going to take those New York Giants. I hit the sounder on them. My sounders were shit last week. They will not let me down two weeks in a row. Uh, take those points, six and a half, seven, whatever they end up getting to. But um, obviously, I hit the sounder. The NFL free pick of the week is going to be the Giants plus the points. Now, the money line parlay of the week is going to be, and this one pays 17 to 1, Tampa Bay, those New York Giants, Minnesota, Kansas City and San Francisco, and again that pays seventeen to one, and we all do the money dance. That sounds fucking great. Tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers, that's gonna wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills hit us up on any of our social medias and don't forget to subscribe to both our youtube channels 
the Football Glory Hole, and the Degenerate with R.J. Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both Cephas as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn, people never pay a bookie again. Stephen Tyler, take a selfie, baby.